Hello and welcome to Critical Line Item. My name is Tom Rabbick and thank you for joining me today. One of the things with the pandemic that those of you who have listened to this podcast series know a bit about is that there are accounting and auditing consequences flowing through. I spoke recently with the Audit Board here in Australia about guidance on going concern. You're welcome to check that podcast out on the uh, archive on the web where you find your uh, version of critical line item. Uh, that interview, of course, was at Roger Sinnott, Chairman of the Auditing Standards Board. Today, what I want to do is talk about the nature of corporate disclosure and what companies need to be thinking about. I'm doing that with the Chairman of the Corporate Reporting Dialogue, Ian McIntosh. Ian has a broad background in financial uh, reporting, corporate reporting standards setting. He's been the the Chief Accountant of the Australian Security and Investments Commission. He's been involved as Vice Chair at the International Accounting Standards Board. And he's been on more boards than some people have had hot breakfasts over the years related to standard setting, uh, accounting and other matters. Ian, thank you for joining me. Oh, thanks, Tom. It's a pleasure. Um, you're now the Chairman of the Corporate Reporting dialogue. Some people won't know what the corporate reporting dialogue is. What is it? Well, Tom, actually most people don't know what the corporate reporting dialogue is. It's an interesting organisation which was originally set up by the Integrated Reporting Council, International Integrated Reporting Council. It's um, It's not a body as such. It is a dialogue. And we say we don't have members, we have participants. Um, so it's an interesting concept, uh, but it's been in existence for about four years, uh, four and a half years. Uh, it has seven members and one observer. And just to give you an idea, um, the observer is FASB, the um, Financial Accounting Standards Board in the US. Uh, the members of the International Accounting Standards Board, which, as you said, I used to be vice chair of, uh, GRI. A global Reporting Initiative, that stands for, which is an organisation based in Amsterdam, which looks at non-financial disclosures. SASB, um, Sustainability Accounting Standards Board, which is based in California and was originally set up by Bloomberg. Uh, CDSB, the Corporate Dis- uh, Climate Disclosure Standards Board, which is based in London and which also issues standards. The International Integrated Reporting Council, IIRC, um, the Corporate Disclosure Project, CDP, which is a very interesting organisation, which surveys many thousands of companies in the world as to what they're disclosing, mainly in relation to climate. And ISO, the organisation that issues standards mainly on process and that sort of thing. So out of that participation list, we feel we have the major standard setters in both financial and non-financial standard setting. Uh, And the goal, the idea of the dialogue is to get those groups together, which we do probably three or four times a year, to discuss things of mutual interest. If you go to our website, which I'll tell you at the end, that is corporatereportingdisclosure.com, um, sorry, corporate reporting dialogue.com. 
Um, you'll see some of the projects we've undertaken. We latest one was called the Better Alignment Project, which was trying to get the standard setters closer together. Because a great criticism in non-financial reporting is that there are too many standards and too many standard setters, and the poor old reporters and the poor old investors don't really know where to turn. So we have a role in trying to bring them together to try to get them better aligned, to try to get the whole situation better understood. So that's the sort of the, the basis of it. Now, you've got to, you, you rightly point out that there are some interesting groups on the uh, Corporate Reporting Dialogue Forum. Um, one of the ones that catches my eye is the International Standards Organisation, ISO. Uh, they're not, strictly speaking, a reporting group, are they? They, they, they set up standards for uh, process and procedures in organisations uh, for many things. Um, how did they end up on, the, on a group which generally coalesces in corporate reporting and corporate reporting disclosure? Because it's an unusual pairing, I think. Yeah, it is. They, they're a bit different from the others, but they do do some standards. For instance, in relation to climate, um, they, they do standards in, in an amazingly broad number of ways, I've discovered, uh, since I've been a member. Um, to, be, to be honest, they haven't been heavily involved. Um, I mean, they attend the meetings, but uh, a lot of the stuff we're doing doesn't relate to them. So your point's quite valid. I've had cause to look at the various kinds of guidance in in my career, and it's a very different form of guidance to say the the material produced by the IIRC, Integrated Reporting um, Council, and the International Accounting Standards Board. Um, you talk about the notion of greater alignment between the various frameworks. The impression I get from having looked at the website is that the process of bringing these frameworks together in some form or eliminating duplication or inconsistency is in its infancy. Is that correct? Yeah, that's absolutely true. Um, well, we've been talking about it and acting on it in some ways for a couple of years, so you can call that an infancy. Um and, and the Better Alignment Project was a really good step forward because we did come with some conclusions. And, and I mean, throw into that mix the TCFD. Um, I've got to try and think what that acronym stands for. Um, but anyway, that was the one set up by the Financial Stability Board and Mark Carney and, and produced some very good stuff, mainly for financial institutions. So it's trying to align all of those things together. Now, there's been a movement in the last couple of weeks, which is quite interesting. And it was announced at the Integrated Reporting Council that GRI and SASB have begun a project with the Integrated Reporting Council to try and bring their standards closer together. Now, the interesting thing there is GRI has been in existence since 1994 and has a, a very large set of standards. And their prime users is society as a whole. 
So materiality questions arise in their standards, but you've got to look at society as a whole. SASB is much more set up like the ISB or FASB, and their prime users are investors and other providers of finance. So that's the first thing they've got to sort out between the two of them, how their frameworks align. And um, I mean, my personal opinion, I think it's, uh, it's something that can be done. Uh, but it'll be an interesting discussion when they get to it. So if we, can, if we can achieve that sort of thing, and if we can bring one framework uh, to the preparers and investors and the users of the information, we'll have made huge progress, but we're a little way off. If we could focus for a moment on the scoping issue you've raised, um, now that's just a question of determining to whom the reports are being prepared yeah. um, and the form of report and how you regard it because in, in accounting standards terms, uh, yeah, the reports are prepared for, for profit entities um, at an international level and those entities that report must prepare general purpose financial statements. Is it your understanding that the, the three groups we mentioned earlier that include SASB, um, GRI and the Integrated Reporting Council are all trying to come up with a scope that sets the audience of reporting, that is the users they serve, and also the, sets the, the, the reporting requirement like a general purpose financial report in, in, in the I guess, non-financial terms, if you like, uh, so that people understand what entities that, that report under those frameworks produce. Yeah, I mean, two things there, Tom. The um, general purpose financial reports is not an issue mentioned much outside of Australia. I mean, the ISB makes standards for financial reporting and then nations determine who reports under them, really. But... Um, Mainly, you know, they're very focused on listed entities. Um, uh, that's one point. I'm trying to think of the, the second point, but I, I've forgotten it for the moment. I think the, the, the really fascinating thing about the corporate reporting scene is that we're, we're now stepping into the COVID area and the coronavirus pandemic has done something, I think, that's important, and that is creates a need for people to focus on how they tell the story about uncertainty. Have you got any reflections on that yourself? Yeah, Tom, I wrote a, an op-ed on that, which is on our um, website if people want to read it, and it's really pointing out that um, this crisis that we're in the middle of has really reaffirmed how important um, this type of reporting is and that financial statements by themselves don't tell the full story. So, I mean, looking at the resilience of uh, companies, their preparedness, their risk planning, because nobody would have predicted this e even six months ago. Well, maybe somebody did, but I certainly didn't. Um, but there's got to be a general awareness. And, and, you know, the integrated reporting framework, for instance, is a very good uh, high-level framework for being prepared and reporting on these sort of situations. 
what are the key, and you've said, we've seen it from uh, financial reporting, what are the key types of issues you would expect companies to be to be focused on? Because uncertainty to many people is difficult to deal with, and in some cases difficult to, to explain. Um, and when we move into, in financial reporting, we talk about valuations, we talk about assumptions, uh, we talk about... Um, you know, what might be the case in this instance and auditors will have the challenge of dealing with it as they will, depending on the circumstances of an entity. But things like integrated reporting will deal with it differently because of the various capitals they have. Is there any perspective you've got on, on the value that integrated reporting and some of the other uh, methods of reporting like GRI have in this circumstance? Yeah, I mean, it, it's being prepared and it's being um, able to go get through these sort of crises. So you've got to have in place procedures and governance structures that allow you to think about the future. I mean, you've got to be careful. As I said six months ago, you probably wouldn't have thought about a pandemic like this. But then, of course, once you're into it, you've got to be reporting on how you're dealing with it and what your long-term future looks like and, and what where you think you'll be going. Um, so that's the type of information that you'd be wanting to see in the non-financial report. What are the things that you, get, you hope will be achieved in the near to medium term, you know, the short to medium term, by the corporate reporting dialogue here. Well, to get well, there's there's a number of, of goals. Uh, we want to keep these standard setters talking to each other. That's number one, but that's pretty basic. Number two, we want to get them working better together. It's not as if we instruct them; it's us uh, 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 mediating, and was well, it's not a very good word, but working with them to try to get them to work together. And, and the last couple of years have given us a bit of success in that. But what we ultimately want to see is one set of standards for non-financial reporting, which link to financial reporting standards and, and financial reporting statements. So we don't want this always to be standalone and separate. And that's why we've got FASB and ISB involved in the dialogue because, um, I mean, for instance, ISB is looking at their management commentary. So the long-term goal, and then once you've got a, a good set of standards, a framework and a good set of standards for non-financial reporting, the next step is to look at how that's carried on and the governance and where it sits, uh, you know, in the greater scheme of things. Uh, and people are thinking about that already too. And there's a lot of ideas out there on um, on how all these things link and what the governance should be. Very interesting paper by one of the IFRS trustees, a woman in Hong Kong um, that I saw uh, yesterday, where she's on the IFRS trustees committee looking at if, and if so, how um, the IFRS foundation could be involved in this whole movement. Is there a possibility um, that ultimately we end up with, 
a uh, second standard set of sharing offices with the International Accounting Standards Board once once we get to a point where there's a a, a single body of disclosure standards that, that is negotiated over time? Yeah, I mean, it, it's a possibility. There's a long way to go. There's um, You've got to get the standards a bit better united for a start. You've got to get the organisations that are involved, which includes the IFRS Foundation, but, you know, also the governance bodies of the other standard setters themselves <laughs> to agree on a common way forward. Um, but, yeah, sure, in my mind. And, and, by the way, at the beginning you mentioned that um, um, the accounting standards applied to private sector. Of course, there's public sector as well, which is very much covered in this area. And, of course, in the financial reporting areas covered by SASB which is another group um, that we've got to keep in mind because public sector obviously makes up a big part of the economy most parts of the world. But, yes, I mean, to an answer to your question, that would be a nice, uh, neat solution. Um, but there's a long way to go. And, you know, the IFRS Foundation have got, are in the process of trying to decide whether they need to be involved in this or not. So we'll have to wait and see what happens during that process. Um, I guess it, you and I have known each other for a while, and this seems to be a really interesting job for you to do. Is there ever any chance, Ian, of you actually sort of sitting back and retiring? Oh, I don't think so, Tom. I'm not old enough. This is a fascinating piece of work, and I hope it goes well. Uh, as, uh, you do have a website that people should go and look at, in my view. I've looked at it today uh, in a bit of depth, and it, it, it provides a lot of information. Where should people turn to to understand more about the organisation? Yeah, to the website, corporatereportingdialogue.com. Um, you can also get to most of the items through the Integrated Reporting Council website as well, but it's it'll be better to go directly to the Corporate Reporting Dialogue website. Um, and any questions, you know, please, when you've had, if anybody's had a look at it, to, um, to get in touch with us and uh, and be happy to talk to them. Not a problem there. Well, thank you for joining me today. It's been great to have a chat about the work of the Corporate Reporting Dialogue with you. Yeah. And to... And to all of those listening, stay safe and look after each other, and I'll be back at some stage soon with another podcast. Okay. Thanks, Tom. Thank you, Ian.